I want to thank everybody for coming here. On behalf of my siblings, every one of you is precious to us. Every one of you that came here tonight had a Kesha with my father. Every one of you is was precious to him. And right now he'd be saying to me, Julian, enough. That was his thing. Don't do this. It's you shouldn't say anything more. But what can I do? What can I do? My father was the chauffeur that kept on blowing. In times of grief and anger, we turn to our text of comfort for relief from the anguish and unbearable pain. Despite years of anticipatory grief, never knowing whether this might be the last time as I got on that plane going back. The fact of the ending, the end of his life, makes it low, no less painful. Grief is grief, <clears throat> however much the anticipation of it. Dad kept surprising us all, bouncing back from this or that setback. He surprised us because he was a Prussian man, a disciplined man, a man of routine and moderation, and undeterred by anything around him. I never saw him drunk. He always left something on his plate. He always rose early. In the British winters, when there was no central heating in my room, all he had to do was uncover the sheet from my left big toe for Shacharis, and I would be up. And then he would see the condensation <clears throat> on, the, on his Morris Oxford car window and claim, oh, it's Slichus weather. Only once I saw him tucked away under his bedsheets when he was ill with a fever. I think I was 15. I was mortified. This man never cried. He never emoted. He was ramrod stiff. Not just two days ago, he was still active walking between his two stalwart soldiers, Balu and Manju, in the hallway of Trumpeltor. My darling Rochelle, always sending us camera-ready videos documenting his ongoing life two days ago. He surprised us waiting like the gentleman he always was, allowing us to finish the Shloshim ceremony for his Mufutenester in New York on Sunday, and surprising us by leaving this world on the exact yard site of the Schwer, his Mufutten, my revered father-in-law. He surprised us because his life was that chauffeur that kept on blowing. If I may paraphrase Batia, who on his 90th birthday in London midrashically composed a Shabbat Zemir that tickled Dad ever since. Yes, mach shloimoibe matnas. Yes, mach shloimoibe matnas. 
It captured his core, his simcha, his deep satisfaction with life, his very survival as testament to his victory over Hitler. The love of his life he adored, that exotic beauty from India, his children's accomplishment, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren that visited him and mum on their perch, on their couch, then him alone. Despite his difficulty with verbal expression, his facial gestures said it all. They never diminished. His sardonic sense of humor manifested itself with raised eyebrows, an impish smile. And if he did not like something, he pulled his nose up, showing us all he was there until the end, looking down upon the world like a true Wiener schnitzel. Sometimes I would show him mum's picture and he looked at me back forlornly, her absence tearing out his heart. Other times, Rochelle would show him a group black and white picture of Mom, Becky and Eric in Trafalgar Square with all the pigeons, circa 1948. And he would point to Eric, even recently, and say Erich with his thick, thick Viennese German. Rochelle, Rochelle would refer him to that album of his life daily, page by page, pricking his memory like a Megillah. Each chapter, another unique historical fragment that made the mosaic of this man's amazing journey. That book was his Sefer, the Sefer Shel Shlomo. He did not approve of my morbid fascination with the dark side of life and texts. Why delve and quetch, he would say. He was the survivor, not me. He went through the war, having been saved by an angel three times, not me. He always chided me after one of my dark Torahs. Why do you have to read the Pshat this way? Why do you need to resort to Midrashic fantasy? Julian, I am a happy man. No complexes like you. No reading into the text anything but Pshuto Sheldova. In that he was a simple man. And the Pashut does not imply simplicity. It was a choice in everything he did. Be straight, ramrod straight, be satisfied with what life gives. Above all, survive. Shlomo Yedaber. Shlomo decided everything in his life. Work, play. Communal service, retirement, aliyah. The ha'elokim ya nenu God was his partner. He survived the war. He survived a generation after the war. His life was a testament to his determination and vigor, strength. Born in a distant epidemic a hundred years ago. A survivor for a century. Surfing on the aphorisms of classical Western wisdom, as if we learned what he felt was necessary through his pithy wisdoms alone. See Takuisus, Philosophus Mansisus. Pantare, everything flows, the first words of Homer. Those summers in Europe, in the Westminster overdrive, as we crossed 
on the ferry to France, where I swear I learned in those summer two weeks every year from his non-stop commentary on history and geography of this town and this country and life more than I did all year round in the Hasmonean, I can promise you that. And mom singing on the way back on the ferry to England, oh, the wine cliffs of Dover. When we returned, the song he composed in the Austrian Tyrol, in the Zemmering, Baruch Hashem is Baruch. She was so full of joy in those summers. The top of the Jungfrau Joch. He went outside and, and the, the, the mountain was covered with clouds. And he went outside to his boiledus. He left us inside because it was cold out there. And then suddenly the whole blue sky opened up and the sun came out and the clouds went away. And he came in and returned and told us in the restaurant there that he had had a religious experience so uncharacteristic of him to indulge in such spiritual excess. Always with humor, always looking on the bright side of life. His humor, however, was continental, not British. He could not fathom my love of Monty Python. His friends were mainly survivors. Uncle Kay, Katzauer, his partner, Ernest Strauss, Max Landau, Mr. Wolf, the Viennese Gabai who taught him to be a world-class Gabai. He had been a Gabai in the Shifshul. People would come to him with their problems in Shul. That's why he was always late for mum for Kiddush. Even his co-Gabai, Rosenthal, as was mentioned, would accompany home for wisdom despite him living in Woodside Park. His sense of right and morality earned him the consistent promotions from Gabai to vice president, to president of the shul, to national provenance in governing the federation on their board and running the Kashrus branch that made the name KF respectable to all. His courage in hiring the first ever Chabad rabbi, who was just a shaliach, to be a British synagogue pulpit rabbi in Rabbi Telsner for whom his love never faded to this day, because he saw in him the Ehrlichkeit, never mind the trappings of, trappings of Nusrach or even ideology, that didn't bother him. His ability to handle the unruly and offended in shul, and even in the box, in those days we had boxes where the where the president, vice president, and the two Gaboim would sit with top hats, Listening to the president telling him off-color jokes with his thick Cockney accent during Anim Zemiros, and my father holding back the giggles because he knew Diane Brezina was watching him. His work, life, and his adoring employees, who he had earned their love by secretly paying for their debts. His honesty in business, where his competitors were getting cheaper plastics from Germany, and he resisted doing that. I would come to England on my way back to work in New York from Israel every month. He always picked me up from the Heathrow. He never, ever complained and took me back after the weekend. No matter what was on his plate, how can I ever repay that kindness? 
Only anyone who's been to Heathrow knows how disgusting that place is and how it how long it takes to get to London from. His adoration and tolerance of mum, who was not an easy personality, and the two of them on their perch in Trumpledore, always hand in hand. He admired her violin fingers, worthy of a Michelangelo sculpture. On this perch, where all the world would come to pay homage, surrounded by mostly their artwork on the walls, Dad helping Mum with her bookbinding, the leather, the quality, the color, the thickness, the calligraphy, and whatever new craft she happened to choose. Music saturated the home. Mum, a virtuosi, would listen to YouTubes of various performers critiquing them, and Dad would look on dutifully, for he had his own choice pieces. His favorite melodies he even responded to two weeks ago, Eric would play La Campanella, and I would sing it to him, and he would nod. Torselli, Heinrich Heine, das Lorelei. These songs never left him. Ich weiß nicht, was soll es bedeuten, dass ich so traurig bin. Having borne witness to Hitler's march into Vienna firsthand, Kinder transport internment in a brutal British of war internment camp, the love of his life, starting a family, communal work, synagogue, warden, president, national prominence, Aliyah, Scrabble with Rivki, calisthenics with Gennady, hot chocolate with a mountain of whipped cream on top of it with Rochelle every day at five. How to thank those who cared for him, Balu, Manju, Devora, the nurse whose skill and sensitivity to his needs kept him alive, Dr. Simon, whose clinical judgment and balanced understanding of medicine and geriatrics and halakha equals anything we have in America, Dr. Jamal, a British general practitioner who reflects the best of the NHS, and whose care and love of her patients in Jerusalem is legendary. My brother, who took care of the finances and weighed dad, measured his body fluids and his blood indices on a spreadsheet, a spreadsheet that is worthy of publishing in the British Medical Journal, keeping us all up to date with variations of fluid intake, output, weight, hemoglobin, hematocrit, need I go on? His Friday visits to dad with the weekly photo of dad emerging from the shower in his Harrods white robe, regally looking into the camera, says it all. Debs, who would fly in and swoop down with her medical experience in helping those with cancer in Memorial Sloan Kettering, would wake us up to complacency and usually correctly remind us of this or that medical change. It was easy for Debs and I to come in and then leave on our visits. It was a different story being there for the daily grind. But beyond and beyond and beyond is my darling twin sister, Rochelle. Whose place in Gun Aiden is assured. 
who loved dad despite his stubbornness, his obstinacy, who pushed him to eat and get nourished, who knew every change in his condition before it happened, who worried incessantly about this or that, who predicted yesterday that was something was wrong. It was Rochelle we owe his longevity, insisting on taking him out for his hot chocolate every day, despite whatever was affecting him. By he call a chauffeur, holech bechosek mode. I know not when he began to blow the chauffeur. In Tatura, in camp, maybe, maybe in Vienna, someone taught him. But at 101 last year, we have videos of him blowing to his grandchildren to entertain his guests, despite mum calling it showing off, even when cognitive articulations failed him. As if his chauffeur blowing represented his will to breathe, the serpentine chauffeur bending to his will, as if he finally tamed that inner snake of desire and the outer monster of this century. The power of his sound, the power of his Prussian will, the power of his survival. Memories of his blowing in Finchley Central Synagogue flooding in the 60s, those last five colos of the hundred. We were on tenterhooks in the ladies' gallery and downstairs as he, his lips were red as he had to get those last colos out. We were on tenterhooks carrying the shame of his failure and the pride of his success. What began the century now ends it. The shofar heralding its onset and its end. The jubilee of his life now bookended. How he survived all of this, this horrific century, doggedly refusing to surrender to the rules of others, his own iron Prussian will of moderation, health, exercise, care of the mind and body, no extremes, mind you, his aliyah as a final arrival to that field of dreams, his delight in walking the streets unabashed by his yarmulke. I never had to look over my shoulder again, he quipped to me. Impossible in Europe, impossible in England. A microscopic reflection of what has taken place in the miracle of Zionism. But also an inner protection, a survivor's immune response to tragedy through walling off the emotion of loss and the price one pays for that but also an inner protection. And the demands of discipline and the results from children, and there's no room for failure, no expression of emotion allowed, especially crying. My earliest recollection in my life was in Stamford Hill, N16, 1953, on Yom Kippur. I don't know why he dragged me to shul, and I was obviously a crybaby at that time. And it was during Kedusha because he looked down at me with such a stern look. And I still remember that look to this day. As I watch him blowing, it is as if he is telling me, I may not express myself emotionally. I may not tell you my feelings. I may not divulge my inner thoughts. I never did. But here is my legacy. Listen to the power Listen to the cadence, the pitch, the perfection. By Yehikol HaShofar. Here is what I leave my children. The memory of this sound. The sound that goes stronger and stronger. Holech v'chozek ma'od. 
the sound of the jubilee in this land of jubilees, the optimism of the survivor, this spiritual immunity I give to you to survive. This deep hole in the heart, the pit in the stomach, the deep sadness, there is some comfort in some texts. And the one that comes up for me is as follows. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The wise men at their end know dark is night. Because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night.